ladies and gentlemen. The Eagles are surprisingly coming off a massive 44-6 win. Not the first time we've seen that in franchise history over the Detroit Lions on Halloween. And they head into a month of November that is uh, not too kind on paper. And it all kicks off with those Los Angeles Chargers coming to Philadelphia. And uh, I had to tap in with my man Fernando Ramirez to help me break down this matchup. Fernando, welcome to Eagles Enemies. Uh, I'm very intrigued by this matchup. I don't know how you're feeling about it because uh, I know the Chargers are a little big, a uh, little banged up, and we'll start there. But uh, it's Eagles Chargers this Sunday, and uh, the Chargers looking to kind of right the ship a little bit after a couple losses coming off a of bye week. But there are some key injuries for this team. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Michael Davis, corner starting cornerback, he's out with a a hamstring injury. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is out with a concussion, so right off the bat, they're they're not looking uh, they're not looking as strong as they were. But um, maybe this is maybe this is a game where Brandon Staley can tap into something, use guys different ways, be able to mix and match. Maybe to their it could be used to their strength. But man, it it, it like you said, trying to right the ship against the Eagles, it's not going to be easy just because uh, the Eagles. It's funny because a lot of us were joking around. Uh, maybe the against Detroit, the Eagles were like, hey, we're playing the Chargers next week. Why don't we try running the ball, see if we can get it going, and practice against the Chargers and, or for the Chargers. And it's like, hey, they just ran the ball for over 230 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, all three – oh, I mean, the two running backs did really well, Jordan Howard and uh, uh, Bart Scott. And uh, then Boston Scott, yeah. What's his name? Boston Scott. Boston Scott, my bad. And uh, and obviously Jalen ran the ball well, so I I, I know that's the, or the Chargers basically expect them to do that, we'll try and run the ball against them, try and control the clock. Uh, that's what the Patriots did last week; they were able to control the clock. But it's like you said, this is an intriguing matchup just because this kind of could decide where the Chargers' season is headed. Is it headed to the playoffs the way a lot of people had hoped? A lot of people had thought uh, going into this season, and then obviously starting off four and two. Or is it the same, hey, we're going to start off high and then kind of start dropping off? So it's going to be really interesting to see how this game is, but uh, it really is one of those matchups where you're kind of like, okay, anything can really happen. Like the offense hasn't been very good in the last two weeks. Can the offense finally get jump-started and be that offense that put up 30, uh, 30 points against Kansas City and and uh, basically um, 28 against the Raiders and then over 40 against the uh, – 49 against the – the Browns, or is it going to be that offense that we've seen the last two weeks where they've only managed to score, I think, 20, no, 30, 30 points. So it's it's going to be a very interesting matchup on Sunday. Man, as an Eagles fan, I, I long for the days of consistent uh, games of scoring 30 points <laughs> with this offense. But, uh, you know, you bring up being able to control the clock, running the ball, and that's what the Eagles did against Detroit, and that's what the Patriots did against the Chargers. Could you see potentially with both starting corners being out for the Chargers, the Eagles running the ball early, kind of trying to play into that, saying, hey, we're going to control the clock, we're going to run the ball, but then using the speed that the Eagles have on the outsides with a Devontae Smith and with a Quez Watkins to go up against some backup corners for the Chargers to kind of open up the pass game by using the run as much as they did against the, uh, against the Lions to kind of throw the Chargers off balance. I mean, I, I don't know why anybody would want to throw the ball against the Charger. I would just run it. The Charger, well, I mean, even with without those guys, they're pretty much a top uh, a top passing team in the league. But 
it's funny because the last few weeks I've kind of questioned why teams are throwing against them and in situations where I'm like, like I, the other day, I think against the Patriots, they had first and goal at like the five and they decided to throw four straight times and uh, the charge ended up, or they ended up turning it over on downs and this was in the end zone. And I'm kind of like, why aren't you running the, like, you know, this team can't throw the, or can't stop the run. They can stop the pass. They just can't stop the run. I, I would just keep on running it, and I would do end arounds with uh, with Devontae, end arounds with uh, Watkins, just keep on throwing different things at him like that, just keep on running the football. I mean, these guys literally, like, it is that hard for them to stop the run. Like, it, it has been pretty bad. So, I mean, if I was there, if I was the Eagles, the only way I would attack these guys is by running the football because you, until they can stop you, once they stop you, I mean, I mean, be able to – obviously, you can do a lot more with it because both of their starting corners are out. But, um, but I mean, honestly, them being – I mean, the secondary is still pretty good even without those two guys just because you have Derwin back there. Uh, Nasir Ardley's had a, a roller coaster kind of season, but he's been decent. Uh, and then you have Chris Harris Jr., the veteran, who obviously can make things happen. But, um, but definitely I would just try and run the football against this uh, Chargers defense. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up not being able to kind of stop the run this year, the new defensive-minded head coach this season for the Chargers with Brandon Staley. Uh, what is the, you know, the vibe through, you know, this first portion of the season been with Brandon Staley uh, at the helm for his first year replacing Anthony Lynn and kind of trying to be the guy that helps take the Chargers over the top to that next level? Well, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of needed to shelf their expectations just because, this isn't the roster that Brandon Staley is like. This is the 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 kind of the leftover a little bit of the Anthony Lynn era. He's still trying to fill out his defense. I was surprised. I thought in the offseason they would go after John Johnson or Troy Hill or Leonard Floyd from the Rams and bring in somebody who already knew this system, but he decided not to. He decided to go with the guys that basically that Tom Telesco had already drafted, but um it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they attack i mean i know obviously it's we're only halfway through the season and i'm already talking about the off season but it's going to be interesting to see if if after this season uh brandon saley goes you know what i need to get some of my guys in here guys who know my system guys who are going to fit my system and it'll be interesting to see if he goes out and gets some other guys uh to kind of bring uh to kind of bring them in and and teach them his system but um but it's definitely been interesting to see the way brandon uh it it's funny because, yeah, they've been on this losing streak, but when you talk to the players, they're like, it's like Coach says. It's like Brandon says. It's like Coach Staley says. Like, they really, you can tell they really, um, <clears throat> you can tell they really are listening to him. They know that this is a, a, a rough stretch, but they know that they're going to get out of their funk, but it's just a, a matter of when. Like, can they get out of their funk this weekend, beat the Eagles, come home? You play Minnesota, you play uh, Pittsburgh, and and win those three games and kind of put yourself back in the AFC West uh, in the AFC West, or is it going to be the same old uh, thing where you come into, you come into the, um, into Philly, you end up losing, you go back home, you have to play two tough opponents. So it's honestly like this, there's a lot riding on this game, but Brandon's had the same message. Uh, Brandon's had the same message the, the, since the beginning. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what, uh, how this team responds this weekend, especially with some guys being down. And it's a bit of a quote-unquote revenge game for Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni to uh, coin his own term, planted his own roots uh, with the San Diego Chargers and a little bit with the Los Angeles Chargers. 
for for some time from 2013 to 2017 he was with the team uh what can you tell me if anything about Sirianni and the way that he's been able to kind of you know take his his talents from being an offensive quality control coach and then end up with the Colts as an offensive coordinator and now he's the head coach of the Eagles and a lot of people kind of just don't see it yet with him it feels like he was kind of given the job a little too early uh what do you how do you feel about Nick Sirianni from the outside looking in as a head coach well I remember Nick from I mean I've, I've been around the team since 2013 so I remember Nick uh Nick was always a guy that could get guys to to buy in and that's what he did with uh Philip Rivers he was a quarterbacks coach for a little bit Philip really believed in Nick and 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 that's a big reason why obviously Nick got the um was able to get that job with the Colts because of his time with Frank Reich. Frank, Frank Reich had him as when Frank Reich was the OC, he had him as his quarterbacks coach. And they kind of, they you could tell that Frank believed in Nick the way Nick believes in Shane Steichen. So that's kind of, it's kind of a latter effect where uh, all three of those guys have talked about it. They all three admire each other. So it's, it's one of those things where Nick got guys to buy in. It's we talked to him this week and uh, he talked about Keenan Allen and how he coached him and how he's like honestly people and he says all the right things well to us but he said people think that uh people when when people get hired or they get head coaching jobs they're like oh i learned off of this coach and that coach and this coach he's like no but that's not the way it goes you learn off of players too he's like i learned a lot from keenan allen and there's been a lot of comparisons to from Devonte smith to keenan or there's been a lot of comparisons of keenan allen and Devonte smith so he's gonna help him out and kind of learn he's like I've taken some of the things that I've learned and I've kind of shown uh, Devonte how to, how to be able to attack guys. And, and he says that his get off is just like Keenan's. So it's honestly been interesting to hear him. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how, that, that's kind of how the NFL works. I mean, Sirianni said that the first call he made when he got the head coaching job was a Shane Steichen because of that same Frank Reich and him style of, of coaching. He decided, you know what I, the way Frank called me, I want him. So that's kind of the way this worked. But, yes, Sirianni is a, a good guy. It, it, I, I, it's funny because Eagle fans, I mean, and obviously I, they're impatient, and I get it, uh, but you have to have patience with this because, I mean, Sirianni is not just going to come in in one offseason and fix it. That's the same thing I've been telling Charger fans. Brandon Saley cannot come in in one season and just fix this and make them a playoff team. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I think the Chargers are still a year away from really being that powerhouse that they could potentially they could potentially be because Justin Herbert is still learning this offense. Uh, Joe Lombardi still learning how to be with Justin. Brandon's still learning this defense. Brandon's, Brandon's calling the plays as a rookie head coach. I, 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 I mean, it's been good so far, but I'm wondering if, if uh, 
how comfortable he feels doing all that. But it, it's he says he feels fine, but it's just interesting to see a rookie head coach. I thought they were going to go with a veteran presence at uh, defensive coordinator and maybe let that guy call the plays. But Brennan said, no, I, I got it. So it's it's been interesting to watch. But yeah, with young coach, with young coaches, especially first time head coaches like Nick Sirianni and, and Brandon Saley, what I would preach is uh, patience. And, you know, there are some uh, some more ties in the in the rumor mill with the Philadelphia Eagles and the, the Chargers. Former Eagles wide receiver just released this week. Deshaun Jackson has been tied to the Chargers a ton. Do you see that making any type of sense with Deshaun staying at home in L.A. after being released by the Rams and signing with the Chargers? I actually I, I don't. I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people, but I don't think the Chargers are that kind of team that would even if it's a million dollars for a 34 year old receiver. I mean, I, I, I mean, and it's funny because I would take a chance on him just because you already have Jalen Guyton who really isn't making much of an impact in the offense. Why not just, instead of giving all those snaps to Jalen Guyton, give it to Deshaun and let him take the top off the defense. Even if it's, he's a decoy once a game, I mean, the guy gets free, but it, it's just not in the Chargers realm house. They, they rarely ever do moves like this. So, um, so it's just, it's interesting to see uh, that Deshaun is a free agent, but I don't, I don't expect the Chargers to go after him or, um, or, Odell Beckham Odell. Jr. Like I just don't see either one, and the Chargers have the cap space for Odell, but I just don't see them making either move. And then uh, I saw a few Chargers fans and just a few people around the NFL kind of uh, surprised that former Charger Melvin Ingram was traded uh, back into the AFC West. What do you think went wrong with him with the Steelers and obviously with the Chargers as well, where you know things just didn't pan out? I know he had like his hold in. Um, you know, with the contract disputes and everything, but what do you think kind of went wrong there? And why do you think the Steelers ended up moving him? And did you think there was potential for him to return to the chargers? Uh, no, there wasn't any potential for them to return to the chargers. I think his asking price was way too high. And last year he didn't have any sacks. He was injured twice. So obviously that was, a <laughs> and the Chargers had gotten Kyler Fackrell in free agency and Uchenna Nwosu. Uchenna and Fackrell have really been a non-factor this season there. They have, three sacks and one of them was against Baltimore and uh, for Uchenna and two of them were, I think against the Raiders. So literally those guys have been non-factor. So that's allowed Joey Bosa to get double teamed, triple teamed, quadruple teamed at times. And everybody else gets left on one-on-ones. That's why a lot of Charger fans have been frustrated. And they're like, well, Joey Bosa is not having an impact. I'm like, are you kidding? Like you could clearly see the guys getting triple teamed and he's still almost getting to the quarterback and the other guys are getting single teamed and, and nothing's going on. So I think in the offseason, because, I mean, you just can't do anything now. I think in the offseason, the uh, the Chargers need to – they need to find another pass rusher because uh, Fackrell and Uchenna are not it. it they need somebody who's going to elevate Joey, that that teammate. When Joey and Melvin were together, it was, it was a thing of beauty because they always told each other before the game, meet at the quarterback. And those guys would come out with three, four sacks uh, in games and stuff, and they would free up other guys to get sacks too, but – it just it isn't the same that Chargers really need a, a a better pass rush going into the offseason. But uh, going back to the Melvin thing, uh, I think their their second year outside linebacker, I can't remember his name, uh, Alex something, I think. But he has stepped up this season. He's playing well. And it's one of those things where Melvin uh, Melvin wasn't being used as much because this kid was stepping up. And Melvin, obviously, now he goes to the to the Chiefs. And I mean, they have some pieces they have. um they have Chris Jones and they have uh, Frank Clark and now Melvin Ingram. But I mean, 
the problems that the Chiefs have are way beyond getting just another pass rusher. Like they have way more problems than this. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of moving forward how they uh, how they perform. But I, I don't see this as like a huge move for the Chiefs just because I mean it's uh, they it's just not a big move in my opinion. It's a but. very Kansas City move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to salvage something. I just think Kansas City's problems are way bigger than than what people think or people think and maybe this move is. So it's just it was kind of to me, it was kind of a desperation move by Kansas City to to maybe help with their pass rushing, but it's it's far worse than just their pass rush. So it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how Melvin uh how Melvin plays and now Melvin goes from instead of playing the Chargers in two weeks, he plays them in a month. So it's gonna be interesting to see how how uh, he does against his former team. You brought up Keenan Allen a little bit earlier, and I think Keenan Allen is one of my favorite receivers to watch in the NFL. He's just, whenever the ball's in his hands, he's making plays. Uh, but I feel like nationally, he doesn't get talked about nearly enough for how good of a player he is. I know he's dealt with injuries over the years that's kept him out of games here and there, but what do you think it is that Keenan Allen just doesn't get enough, you know, discussion about him with those upper echelon wide receivers is it because he plays on the west coast and not a lot of people get a chance to watch what do you think it is with keenan allen and just not being mentioned in the breath of like those high-end wide receivers so it's funny i was looking through his stats and he's like top five in like yards since 2017 and he has a lot of stats a lot of stats where he's up there um it's funny because on my podcast gombas on the beat we had chad johnson on uh, back in like June or July before his uh, fight. No, in, in July, right before his fight against uh, that guy, his first boxing match. And he said that it's Keenan needs to do more, like stand out more, do more. Like he's like, I'm not trying to tell him to become a WWE character, but I kind of am. And I'm like, oh, wow. So he's like, if he did more, if he talked more, if he was more this, more that, guys would be recognizing him. But uh, he's like, obviously the talent's there. Keenan is one of the best receivers. It's just he deserves more recognition. But it's funny um, you mentioned that because in it seems like Keenan's role is kind of changing this offense. Uh, he's catching more 20, 30-yard passes, but he's not doing the underneath stuff like he used to in the past. So that's kind of been a question as of late of like, hey, why is Keenan doing this and not doing that? So in this new role, it feels like Keenan – is doing a lot of different things than he's used to in the past. In the past, he's been slants, out routes, in routes. Uh, his, I mean, his his uh, Keenan's probably his route running tree is probably one of the best in the NFL. But it's kind of like they're having him do a lot of different stuff. So I wonder if that's kind of hurt this Chargers offense. Is that Keenan isn't doing what he used to be able to do? We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So that's another interesting uh, aspect of this offense. So, yeah, it's just uh, Keenan this season has been good, but the Chargers need to, to kind of maybe throw more at him, throw make him do different things to kind of get his uh, 
his plate full because, I mean, it, it hasn't been the same like in years past. Like there's been times where Keenan makes nine catches, but they're only for 60 yards. They need to make him let let him do more. Let him let him get a feel for it because uh, right now that this offense just isn't clicking. I think they kind of need to go uh, back to the basics in a sense and just let these guys do what they do best. And I think one benefit from when this offense has been clicking is Mike Williams has been healthy, and he and Justin Herbert seem to have a pretty good rapport early on in Justin's career. Um, talk to me just about you know Justin Herbert being on this team. Mike Williams being healthy as well. I think those are two key components to this Chargers team for for the now and for the future. Um, but what's it been like with Justin Herbert at the helm replacing, you know, a franchise legend with Phillip Rivers? Uh, Justin's been great. He He's had a great uh, – well, he's had kind of a uh, roller coaster season in a sense. I mean, the first two games he did – he was throwing the ball well. He was doing a lot of things. It was guys around him kind of messing up. Uh, and they weren't scoring touchdowns. They were dropping stuff. Guys were slipping, and that would cause Justin to throw an interception. Like, it was just weird stuff happening at the beginning. Then he has a three-game stretch where he just comes out and lights lights Kansas City up, the Raiders, and Cleveland. And then the last two games has been bad uh, just because overall I feel like defenses are trying to take Keenan and Mike away, and that's like, hey, make everybody else around you beat you. And it hasn't happened. Jalen Guyton has not stepped up. Uh, he's actually been probably one. He's probably been one of the one of the players that you're just kind of like, dude. What like? Why are you getting so much playing time and you're not going out there? And you're not stepping up. So he's been kind of a disappointment this year for for the charge. The charge won't say it, but I'll say it for them. He's been a disappointment. Just last year, he was taking the top off of the defense at times and really opening things up. And this year, he just hasn't been able to do anything. Um, you kind of wonder if Justin has confidence in him to throw him the football or not. There was a play in Kansas City where it was fourth and like three. Justin uh, takes the football. He has Keenan Allen double teamed and Jalen Guyton wide open. Throws it right at Keenan. Keenan complete it. He completes the pass, but it's kind of like, wow, you decided to go to Keenan there instead of Jalen Guyton. Like, I, I mean, I understand why, but uh, but you'd rather go with the sure hands. But uh, it was just an, an interesting play. Um, but it, it definitely guys like that haven't stepped up. Um, Josh Palmer, rookie, he caught a 24 yard touchdown pass last week. They're kind of hoping that maybe he gets jump started a little bit and maybe that helps them moving forward. But yeah, no, it, it, it's been kind of a roller coaster season for the offense. They're really looking to kind of get back into it against Philly, but they know Philly has a tough defense. That front line is no joke. Uh, Darius Slay, obviously, Darius Slay and Keenan Allen go way back. Uh, it it kind of feels like they're a mirror, a mirror image of themselves. Like Darius is really underrated, and so is Keenan, and they're two of the best at their position. So, to get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's going to be an interesting game, but my bad. Going back to the whole Justin thing. Yeah, Justin's been great. It's just can the guys around him kind of settle down and and do right by him. And then that right side of the offensive line has been terrible. So, uh, I mean, the team won't say it. uh, Coaches won't say it, but I, I think... Storm Norton and Michael Schofield are kind of hurting Keenan or hurting Justin in the sense of like, they're just like, like 
There was a play last week where a guy, number 55 for the Patriots, can't remember his name, he just grabs Stormnor and picks him up and kind of drops him. And I'm kind of like, whoa, like, really? That left side has been great, though. Sean Slater, I think right now he deserves all-pro recognition. Not all-pro rookie. I'm talking about all-pro, all-pro. Like, he's been the the mountain from Game of Thrones on that left side for, for the Chargers. Like, he is just not letting anybody get right through him. So, He's been great. Matt Filer's been good. He's had some uh, some ups and downs. He's been okay. Corey Lindsley at center has just been fantastic for this team. So Corey Lindsley and 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 uh, and Rashawn Slater have really been the cornerstones of this uh, offensive line. And and moving forward, I mean that left side is great. It's just now you have to get working on that right side. Brian Bulaga is not the answer. Every time he comes in, he gets hurt. Last year, I think he only played thirty seven percent of the snaps. Uh, on offense this year he only played a half so it definitely they need to go out and get a right guard they need to go out and get a uh, right tackle and i'm talking about not go out and get a replacement for a year at right tackle you need your right tackle of the future you already have your left tackle go out and get your right tackle and you'll be solidified for the next 10 to 15 years which is what justin needs justin needs a great offensive line to open up the run game so it, it definitely uh it definitely it has hurt the Chargers this year, that right side of the offensive line. You know, you bring that up, and before last week against the Lions, the Eagles have struggled mightily stopping the run ever since Brandon Graham got injured this year. How do you view Austin Eckler's role in this matchup, and do you think, you know, if the Chargers are able to utilize him either more in the passing game or as a legit runner, he can be kind of that X factor uh, to help the Chargers win? Yeah, it, it, going back to what I was telling you about Jalen Guyton and then Josh Palmer, it's been the same thing with the running backs. Austin Eckler is doing great. It's like, hey, is just Josh Kelly, uh, Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson, do they want to step up? Justin Jackson had a great 75-yard run last week, but that's all he's contributed to the team this season. He hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been uh, – he's been hurt a lot of this season too. This is about to be a second game that he's missed this season. And just there's no consistency. All the running backs are kind of the same too. Like they're like nothing separates them. Like their skill set and stuff. I still think that the Chargers need to go out and get a bigger back this off season. Because um, when it was Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, it was working. You had the speed. You had the big uh, running, the bruiser running back, and it was working. And and it just hasn't worked the last two years without Melvin Gordon here. Um, but going back to that, Austin Eckler is is fantastic he's done a lot of really good things i think the charger kind of misusing him in a sense like you said i haven't seen him split at receiver like they could do so much more with him they uh there were some plays that they ran during training camp that i'm surprised we haven't seen yet where um austin's like at receiver and then he comes in motion um they fake the handoffs and then they maybe throw it to one of the receivers just rpo stuff like that i thought we were going to see a lot more of they haven't really utilized so i'm kind of uh, questioning why not they're why aren't they not doing more um what really made austin really uh fa not famous but like he would get split out at receiver against a linebacker and he just blow right past the linebacker philip would throw him the football and he'd be gone for 50 yards like that kind of stuff they need to bring back but because austin's kind of their their every down back they they haven't been able to use it but it, it they need somebody to step up from this running back room i mean josh kelly's probably been the one that's stepped up a little bit of the uh, He's probably stepped up the most, but they just need a lot more from this running back room, and they're not getting it. So I think that they're like after the season's over, and I know I'm it's only halfway through, but I think a lot of changes are going to be coming to this Chargers offense and uh, in the offseason because of 
some of these pieces that they're missing. And then on the defense uh, for this Chargers team, I ask every guest we've had on Eagles enemies this year, just because it's so new for Eagles fans as well. How do you view the the speed that the Eagles present on offense, whether it's with, you know, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, it seems like Jalen Rager is going to play, even though he hasn't been much of anything during his short NFL career so far. And then obviously I think the Chargers do benefit from the fact that they've gotten to play against a Lamar Jackson. They get to see Patrick Mahomes twice a year facing that mobile threat of a quarterback. And then obviously the big bruising tight end who does have a little bit of speed to him with Dallas Goddard. How do you view the Eagles speed on offense matching up against this Chargers defense? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Derwin James on Dallas Goddard just because and I, and I mean no disrespect to any tight end, but Derwin can literally take any tight end he wants and he takes them out of the game. Like that's that's how good I think Derwin is. Um, I think Derwin James had an all pro season. There was times where I was in that I was at that Kansas City game and there was times where they were lining up uh, Derwin on Travis and Travis couldn't do anything against him. They lined him up against Darren Waller. Darren Waller couldn't do anything. He even caught that interception at the end of that game to solidify that game. And where was Derek Carr going to Darren Waller? So he's really been able to take tight ends out of games. And I don't I don't think he's going to be on him the whole time just because I know the Chargers are going to try and throw different things and try and use them different ways. But the, the speed of this Eagles team is just incredible. Like, they really have some speedsters. Um, I know... Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like, 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 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. I know the one area that they're going to try and pick out the Chargers is going at Chris Harris Jr. Chris is obviously like he's been one of the best cornerbacks in the last decade, but he just isn't that guy. He's still that guy, but he's not 100% that guy where he can keep up with anybody anymore. And I mean, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the Chargers utilize him over the weekend, just because you know that this team is really fast and you don't know if Chris can keep up with these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see the way they utilize them. But this this Eagles team, I mean, I've watched them closely for years. And, and this Eagles team is kind of – I remember the days of Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. Now you're obviously at uh, Watkins and, and Devontae. But they could really take the top off of a defense. And the Chargers need to know where those two guys are at all times. Even Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager could have one of those games where 
the Chargers take away everybody, and Jalen Rigger is the one that ends up with 150 yards and two touchdowns and ends up beating him. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see the way the Chargers kind of go this weekend. And obviously, the Eagles are probably at their healthiest right now. They they had a lot of guys limited and all this stuff, but now they're they all practice fully on Friday. So it's going to be interesting to see the way the the that the Eagles kind of attack the Chargers on on offense. Um, I'm really interested to see kind of. Are they going to just run, 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 run until the charge can stop it? Or are they going to be uh, mixing and matching? It's going to be interesting because obviously what the charge are going to try and do is uh, make uh, cause like if you're the chargers, you want Jalen hurts to beat you with his arm. That's the way you're going to want to attack this team. You're going to want him to beat you with his arm. So it's going to be interesting. That's, that's kind of how they made. So they took away the pass from Lamar, but Lamar in the run game just really destroyed them in that game. So and I had I had told um, I had told uh, my co-host from our podcast I was like hey if you want to beat Lamar you're gonna have to take away the run and let him become a passer he's like yeah but he's become a way better passer I'm like yeah but I'd rather him beat me with his arm than with his legs and that's what the Chargers need to do this weekend try and let Jalen beat you with his arm and not his legs yeah one hundred percent and uh, this game is like we've said all podcasts it's gonna be very interesting to see how these two teams match up I'm intrigued by it. I ask every guest on Eagles Enemies uh, an intriguing question, uh, depending on you know the week, what time of year it is, and uh, as we're recording this, it's Stranger Things Day, so I gotta pick your brain. If you had to take uh, a couple players from the Chargers and pluck them and put them into the Stranger Things universe and have them take down the Demogorgons and join that Stranger Things party, who would you uh, take from this Chargers roster? Uh, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa. I think you need somebody in there who's smart, so I would go Justin Herbert. Um, okay, so I have two muscle, one brainiac. Uh, you need some speed sometimes, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Keenan. Uh, oh, Derwin. There's no. Yeah, I can't go in there without Derwin. So those are five guys you said. Yeah, that works. Yeah, those are the five that I would choose. Those guys are. You have Joey and Rashawn in the, in the front. You got. Uh, you, you you got everything with this mixture of guys. You got Herbert able to throw projectiles exactly. and, and there shut you go. things down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, Absolutely yep, yep. love it. Uh, Fernando, this has been a blast. Let everybody know where they can check out all your Chargers coverage, listen to your podcasts, and everything else in between. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm at Real F Ramirez. I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm actually on TikTok, too. I haven't created any TikToks lately, but, uh, but I've had a couple of TikToks here and there. Just trying to see what it's all about it's kind absolutely it's it's weird it, it like it takes me hour like an hour to create a whole video and stuff so i'm like oh my god i don't know if i have enough time for all this but <laughs> uh yeah i'm on tiktok too and then uh we have a podcast called compas on the beat that's my co-host and i there's not a lot of latino voices in the nfl so we're two of two latinos who are cover end up are actually covering the same team so we talk about all things he's covered uh combat sports before boxing i've covered wwe before so we talk about wwe wrestling um the chargers we talk about all kinds of different uh different things so it's it's honestly uh, it's been a lot of fun and I, I never knew that podcasting could be so fun but i actually look forward more to podcasting than i do working so it's been uh it's been a lot of fun podcasting is the way of the future my man keep yep. doing your thing uh Appreciate and be it. sure to follow fernando for everything Chargers, I'm sure we'll be having some fun banter this weekend as well as the Eagles take on the Chargers.
Thank you guys for listening and checking out Eagles Enemies. The support for this show is the reason it sticks around year after year. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out our website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend. And subscribe, 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 and leave a five-star rating and review to let us know how you're feeling about each and every Eagles matchup throughout the season. We hope you guys enjoy Season 4 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia, and we'll catch you on the gridiron next week. Go Birds! Go Birds!